Broadcasting from the UNMC College of Nursing, get ready for RN Huddle, the podcast dedicated to bringing hot topics for and by nurses to the table. Welcome to RN Huddle. This is your host, Heidi Keeler, coming to you from the UNMC College of Nursing. And we always try to bring you all things nursing here at RN Huddle. And today we're going to address a topic that if you've been in nursing long enough, you're going to understand what this term is, and that is burnout. Now, burnout is the negative side of the cycle and wellness and well-being being the positive side. So we will uh, talk about burnout today, but we'll also talk a lot about well-being and what you can do to uh, take care of yourself using the statistics and the the data out there and some tried and true methods as well. So who better than to talk about these things but our own Assistant Vice Chancellor for Campus Wellness here at UNMC, Dr. Steve Wengel. Dr. Wengel is also the Division Director of the Geriatric Psychiatry Department here at UNMC and is also former Chair of our Psychiatry Department. Dr. Wangle, thank you so much for being with us and talking with us today on this important subject. Well, thanks for having me. Uh, great, great pleasure to be here and uh, really consider this an honor to be part of this. Thank you so much. And so, you know, uh, if you look into the, the, the literature, if you read your, your nursing journals or your websites, you most likely have come across this idea that our healthcare workers, our nurses, our doctors, are burning out. And so what, what does that even mean? What is, what is burnout and, and how does one get to that place? So this concept um, has been talked about for, I don't know, 20 or 30 years maybe, uh, and it can affect anybody in any profession or any walk of life, but it seems to really preferentially kind of hit people in the helping professions, uh, and particularly healthcare, I think, in my, my opinion. And so when we talk about burnout, the main symptoms that seem to come up over, over and over again are uh, a sense of low personal accomplishment. Boy, I'm working hard. You know, I'm just drained at the end of the day, but I look back and I just, I'm not sure I'm accomplishing much. So that's one of them. Uh, another one is emotional exhaustion. And I think most people can relate to what that means. We all have days when we just are, again, completely wrung out, just kind of drained at the end of the day. And that happens. But if you have day after day or week after week of that where your batteries just get consistently drained and don't get recharged, that's, I think, what we're talking about there. And then the last one is uh, depersonalization, which is, I think, kind of a, a, an unfortunate term because it's hard to understand what that means, and it means different things. Psychiatrists, for example, use that term completely differently than the burnout researchers. Here, what it means is treating other people as if they are not persons. So, for example, uh, referring to patients by their diagnosis. I have to go see the diabetic in room six, for example. Or talking about other team members by their role rather than by their name. You know, I have to go see the social worker. Well, sometimes we just use jargon and we don't mean it as a, as a disrespect. But, if, but sometimes when people used to be more keyed into people as people and they start using these shortcuts, that can be a sign of, uh, of burnout, for example. So I bet that burnout can result in certain behaviors between staff members and colleagues that is unsavory. So would this look like aggression or would this look like withdrawal? What does it typically look like if someone's burned out? Yeah, all of the above, I would say, because none of us are at our best when we're stressed out. And unfortunately, we often will take it out on others. 
Interestingly, um, in the physician literature right now, the that seems to be where a lot of the early burnout work is being done. I'm seeing a lot more in the nursing literature, pharmacy, physical therapy now, but uh, some of the original articles come out of the physician uh, literature and female physicians and male physicians look different when they're burned out uh, or burning out, I should say. So uh, male physicians that are burning out will tend to be have more of that depersonalization and particularly get cynical and treat other people badly. Maybe short with them, they may be irritable, they may just, you know, or withdraw too, but all sorts of that sort of behavior. Women physicians tend to do more of the emotional exhaustion. They still, you know, tend to try to treat other people with uh, respect, but they um, may take it out more on themselves. How that applies in the nursing world, I'm not sure because I don't know if those studies have been done. But all I know is, you know, people that are burning out are not as patient with other people or as empathic or with patients, incidentally. That's interesting because I think in the nursing literature, we might have tripped upon the the last stages of burnout in this concept called workplace incivility and in lateral aggression, I believe is the term. Uh, I might have that incorrect, but the idea of attacking peers that are on the same level. And I'm not sure with nursing at this point being predominantly female, whether that indicates um, maybe some more severe cases of, of burnout, or maybe it's part of another concept. But certainly, I guess the first sign would be to be able to recognize this in yourself or in your peers, right? Absolutely. Um, it's like any other condition. If you catch it early, it's a lot easier to treat, I guess, if you look at it as a condition. It's not a pathological condition. That's one thing I want to make clear, too, though, is uh, I get a lot of people when I, you know, when I talk to healthcare workers about burnout, some people get kind of defensive because they, they feel like the term is sort of pejorative, means they're weak or they're not resilient enough. We throw around the term resilience a lot these days too. And I think some people feel like if, if they admit to being burned out, it means they're weak. And that's not the intent at all. The, you know, burnout is by definition a work-related phenomenon. It is not a psychiatric condition. It is not a sign of, you know, weakness or moral failure. Speaking of moral failure and and terminology related to burnout, there's another term and concept that's emerged, and that's moral injury. What what exactly is that? That that's been getting quite a bit of, of uh, airtime lately. I would say you're right, and it's really interesting. I believe that comes out of the ethics world, and it referred originally to things that would happen to soldiers during wartime, for example, where they may be ordered to do something that goes against their normal civilian moral code, like kill kill an enemy soldier. And in the heat of battle, you have to do things that you normally wouldn't do. And so you do it, but then later you, you may pay the price in terms of, you know, feeling guilty, feeling, uh, all, you know, all sorts of negative emotions because you've done something you just shouldn't have done, at least in your, your, your own mind. And so now there is this uh, discussion, you know, in some of the medical forums, for example, about how, uh, you know, let's stop calling it burnout because, again, that puts the burden on the individual. This is a system problem, according to this this way of thinking. And the problem is really that uh, we all want to, no matter what your discipline, whether, you know, nurse, physician, pharmacist, uh, physical therapist, we all want to give our best every day. We're professionals. We want to do our best and we want to heal and we want to help. But for various reasons, sometimes we are not at our best, and sometimes, uh, particularly if the system gets in the way, for example, an inefficient electronic health record or what have you, 
we feel like we're not giving our best care. And so there's this gap between our the way we, we believe we should be doing it and the way we really are doing it. And that then causes moral injury. You know, hearing your description of moral injury, it makes me think about the, the concept of PTSD. Is PTSD related to burnout in any way? I think it is. I think they. I think a lot of these conditions really overlap, and there have been some studies of PTSD in frontline healthcare staff, nurses and physicians, uh, and others. And uh, we know, for example, that if you're if you're exposed to trauma over and over again, it takes its toll, and it takes its toll differently in, on different people. Some people appear to be more vulnerable or more resilient to it, but it takes its toll on everybody. I, you know. When you think about some of the high stress, particularly high stress areas in a healthcare system, you know, the ER, trauma services, and so forth, there's many others. I don't want to single anybody out or miss anybody, but those, but, you know, those areas where you think might be high, you know, PTSD areas are. And then on top that off with what if you personally came from a history of personal trauma earlier in your life too, uh, you might be a setup then for having these problems. And, and unfortunately, I think a lot of people that are drawn to healthcare really are very, you know, we hope we're all very compassionate, but some people come to it from that past history and they want to make life better for other people. So emotional exhaustion is also related to the concept of compassion fatigue. Is that right? I believe so. Yeah, it's, it's you know, I, I always, I, I like simple metaphors, you know, because it helps me under try to understand these. These are complex topics and I don't want to oversimplify them, but it helps me at least. So I sometimes think of like an energy bucket. So at the beginning of the day, if you're well-rested, you know, you're taking care of yourself, getting exercise, all that sort of thing, you come to work, hopefully, with your bucket pretty full most days. And every time you give some compassion to somebody else, uh, that's a good thing. And that's what we want to do. That's why we went into this work. But it's almost like you're ladling out a little bit of that compassion as you go along. And so you, you hope you have some at the end of the day to give back to your family and friends. Uh, sometimes we don't, and sometimes we don't treat uh, our significant others as well as we might want to, too. And then on top of that, to extend that metaphor, one, one more point, but imagine, so you're walking around with your compassion bucket, and you're ladling it out as you go. What if uh, somebody is uh, laying on the ground beneath you, and they're drilling holes in your bucket as you go? You know, and so you're losing a little bit more. That would be, I guess, the metaphor for if you had a system that is not as efficient as it could be. Again, electronic health records, you know, we, we, we sort of beat up on the EHR quite a bit, but it is, you know, it is one of the factors. That's really, really interesting um, and, and quite frankly scary. So how many of our healthcare workers are walking around burned out before they show the signs that you talked about earlier? And, you know, that is a marvelous question, and it's, it's actually surprisingly hard to answer because Lots and lots of studies on burnout, and many of them use different measures of burnout. And even when you use the same one, people interpret them differently. So in other words, there is no one test you can do, sort of a survey where you could say, take this 10-item test, and if you score higher than five points, you're burned out. There is no such thing, unfortunately. And so it's really hard to tell. But having said all that, the, the, the best studies that I've seen seem to show that, again, looking at the physician side of the equation for just a moment, Something like the uh, 45 to 50 percent of U.S. physicians have at least one of those three cardinal symptoms that I mentioned. When you look at uh, nursing staff, it's probably slightly lower, but it's still often in the you know 40-ish percent range. So it's very significant. And I can imagine that as the measurements get better and better, as we study this 
problem more and more that we would get a better handle as to how many folks really are walking around with some level of burnout. So Dr. Wengel, as a nurse practicing on the floor, and I am either feeling or I see a coworker exhibiting some symptoms of burnout, how do I, how do I first identify it? How do I go forward from there? One of my mentors always said, a uh, fellow psychiatrist used to say that he, he's much more interested in patterns than on, you know, single events. So, you know, look, we can all have a bad day. We all have the occasional bad day when we're not at our best and maybe you're not as empathic or patient or whatever. But, you know, if you start seeing a pattern of behavior in a colleague, somebody that used to be just, you know, pretty chipper and now they seem like they're kind of glum or they're kind of withdrawn or they're kind of impatient or, you know, some other change, you know, to me, that's, that's I guess, what I would say is my best advice. Look for patterns. And then what do you do about it? I think uh, sometimes we hesitate to talk to people because we're not sure what to say. You know, gee, I'm not a mental health provider. I don't know what to say. And Or what if, what if, and, and a lot of times the human mind, you know, I, I know this uh, thinking the way my mind works, but also as a clinician and just a human being, you know, we tend to do the what ifs. Well, what if I approach this this colleague that looks like they're kind of withdrawn or kind of glum or kind of depressed or whatever, and what if they're suicidal or what if, you know, and I, I don't know what to say. It's the same sort of exercise we go through when we sometimes stay away from grieving people because we, we just don't have those magic words that's going to make it all better. And I've come to appreciate that that's okay. None of us do. I'm a psychiatrist. I don't have, this, I don't have any magic words to say either. But I think just sort of figuratively putting your arm around somebody's shoulders, buying them a cup of coffee, just saying, you know, I've just noticed you seem, seem like there's something on your mind. Is there anything we can talk about or is anything I can help you with? Just opening the door for that conversation, I think, is, is the key. And it is amazing when you do that, how often people will share things with you and uh, will be so grateful. Interestingly, and I, I remember you saying earlier that burnout is a workplace phenomenon, whereas if somebody is displaying these symptoms or the, these behaviors, you don't know whether it is a function of the workplace or maybe there's something going on outside of the workplace. And so do you have any advice as to how to tease that out or, or really if functionally it matters? Well, again, a, a marvelous question. I think, you know, human beings are complex. We're all complex in our own way. And we all have a life, you know, a work life and a home life. And clearly they interact. So if I, you know, had, a, had a, an argument with my wife today, it's going to affect me at work. Obviously, we're professionals and we try not to let it influence uh, the clinical work we do. But, you know, we're human beings. If you're having financial problems, that's going to get, you know, you're going to be thinking about that at work. If uh, you're a parent and your children are struggling, you know, you're going to be thinking. And, but it all can kind of show up the same way. Just, you know, people that are distracted, people that are maybe, again, not as empathic or as patient as they normally would be. But I think in any case, just opening the door for the conversation is really the, the thing to do. Well, I think that identifying and recognizing is the, definitely the biggest and the first step. And so I think at this point, we're going to take a break and thank Dr. Wengel for talking to us about what burnout is and how to identify this in your coworkers. Be sure to show up next time for RN Huddle when we continue the conversation with Dr. Steve Wengel. UNMC Assistant Vice Chancellor for Campus Wellness and Division Director of Geriatric Psychiatry, we're going to talk about, okay, so you've identified burnout in either yourself or in your coworkers. What, what do you do with that information? What are some personal strategies? And then maybe what could you advocate for in your own institution that could make this phenomenon 
better. So thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you next time here on RN Huddle. Thank you for listening to RN Huddle. To stay connected, follow us on Twitter and Facebook at UNMC CNE or check out unmc.edu slash CNE for more program information.